Hi everybody, John Ramsden here from the Learning and Development Department at Lorraine Lee, welcoming you to another Inspiring Each Other podcast. And to get the podcasting today, we're going to revisit the words of the wonderful and very inspirational Christine Ty Lee, who spoke at our recent All-Stars conference here in Melbourne. Christine's an award-winning performer who is a great innovator, as well as having built her own multi-million dollar business. You're going to love this two-part special featuring Christine, so let's hit the right button and get this thing started. Please welcome to the stage, Christine Ty Lee. Wow, what a lovely introduction. Thank you, Deb. I am so excited to be here with all of you today. You know, I want to congratulate all of you for being here because it is an investment and it is, it takes vision to know that you need to be at one of these events. I didn't go to the first conference or convention that I had the opportunity to attend, and I kicked myself when all of my team members came back and said how amazing it was. And I went to every other one since. I used to be a um, teacher, and conference was code word for boring. So... (laughs) I thought, I am not going to go to that. That doesn't sound like my kind of thing. But obviously, boring is not in the vocabulary in Party Plan, is it? We know how to have fun, don't we? Yes. So after I did actually attend my very first conference, my mind was blown. Until that point, I had... Well, I guess my greatest achievement before that point was that I had overcome anxiety enough to stop throwing up before my events. (laughs) So I certainly would not have been picked out of the crowd as a rising star by any stretch of the imagination. But that first event was like a light bulb for me. I saw a lineup of women on the stage who had six-figure incomes. And I saw recognition, like I just saw then for the two beautiful Mel 1 and Mel 2. We don't get that in any other career that I know of. If you do a good job in this industry, you get recognition for it. And I was there going, I'm stuck teaching. It doesn't matter how much effort I put into helping little Johnny Reed. Nobody pats me on the back and says, well done. It's usually the opposite. Um, Why isn't he reading level 10 yet? (laughs) So it was such a refreshing thing to look at um, all these people up on stage and go, wow, one day I would love to be up there. And if you'd told me when I first started in this industry that I was going to be up on stages presenting to you like this, I would not have believed you, (laughs) especially considering I would throw up before presenting to just five or six people at an event. So something like this is a testament to what this industry is capable of helping people achieve. So I figured if I wanted to be up on stage and get recognition and be one of those people with a six-figure income, I was going to have to learn how to build a team. And I wish I could tell you that it was a magical journey into the never-never. I waved a magic wand and wound up at the top of the career plan. Uh, No. (laughs) I think I made literally every single mistake in the book along the way. But 
the good news is that along the way, I did also manage to stumble onto a few fantastic tips and hints that might be able to help you speed up your journey. So who'd like to hear a few of those? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like you. You would have been my favorite in the class. Hand went straight up. <laughs> okay. So the very first thing that I did after I'd been to that first conference was to write myself a certificate. There was nobody giving uh, me recognition yet, so I had to give it to myself. <laughs> but what I did was I wrote down that I was going to be a team leader. And I wrote down the date that I was going to do it, and I even forged the signature of our national manager at the time. <laughs> and I stuck it onto my television set. Now, that was admittedly in the days when they were still boxes sitting on something, not mounted to the wall. <laughs> so it was sitting on top of my television set where I would see it all the time. And it turns out that there is a huge amount of power in creating a vision for yourself like that. They call it a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'll tell you more about that later on. Oh, and that is a photo of me that you can see. I found that original certificate. It's now um, about 15 and a half years old, <laughs> and I've framed it because it was such a critical component in my journey. Okay, so I get home from this conference, and I've decided I am going to be a leader. And then the very first thing I did was kill off all of the first 10 of my potential new team members with verbal diarrhea. <laughs> I thought it was okay to tell them every single minor detail about the business non-stop for an hour and a half and they couldn't get a word in edgewise. It turns out that's not necessarily the best strategy for <laughs> finding new team members. <laughs> I think I managed to turn this simple, fun business into something that sounded completely overwhelming. So I had to learn to listen to what they were saying and realize that it's okay for them to learn all of the details as they go along. Now, I knew that I was wanting to focus on recruiting into my business. I wanted to look for new team members. But I would often get into my car, be driving away from one of my events, and I would be thinking, oh, I completely forgot to even mention the business opportunity because I'd been in a routine with my events and it didn't include anything about talking about the business opportunity. So I decided I had to set up my display in such a way that I couldn't possibly forget about it. So I would dedicate a whole third of my display to the business opportunity, one third to booking potential new events, and one third to the products that I was demonstrating at the time. So it was much harder to forget. I also did something extra special. Check this out. <laughs> Isn't this the biggest bow you've ever seen? I put this onto a positions vacant sign where I had information about what they could have in their starter kits. And it turns out that 
what I'd achieved with this was a psychological phenomenon. It helped people subconsciously to view what I was offering them as a gift. And I couldn't possibly miss talking about it when the bow was pretty much the same size as the sign. <laughs> so this is something very simple that you might be able to add to your displays to help draw attention to the most exciting opportunity that you have to offer at your events. Something as simple as a $5 bow from your local reject shop is where I bought this one. So that is something that made a huge difference. Now I'm going to tell you a little bit later on just how much of a gift this business really can be. Another strategy that I used um, in those early days and still something I do today is I created lists of what comes in the starter kits. So your essentials and deluxe kits would be perfect for this. I printed it out on fluoro paper. Now, I wasn't, you know, onto some genius thing by um, design. I originally was printing these kit lists on white paper and giving them to everybody. And I'd run out of white paper, so I thought, oh, I've got bright yellow and bright pink. That's just going to have to do. <laughs> and I, so I printed the list out on those. But it turned out to be such a fantastic way for me to see who was potentially interested in the business opportunity. Because even when I was serving somebody over one side of the room, I could see over the other side who was studying that list out of the corner of my eye. It was like this little neon flashing light that I'm interested in this opportunity because they were studying those lists. And it made it so easy for me to know who then to go and talk to next. And it gave me an opening to the discussion about what I had to offer. So that could be another really simple little strategy that you could add into your next styling event to help you notice who is interested. Now, I had started to recruit a few people, but I wanted to speed up the process. I had that certificate in mind and a date that I wanted to achieve it. And I thought that, okay, I'm finding a few people, but I wanted to go faster. So I cast my net wide. I did everything I could think about to find people to join the business. So I would attend markets and fates. I'd put up posters all around my local community. I would drop off old catalogues in letterboxes. And it's amazing. When you put out the intention of finding people to join your team, each and every one of those strategies worked at one point or another. And the wider that you cast your net, the more likely it is that you'll catch a fish, right? But the biggest strategy that gave me the biggest surge of new team members was talking to family and friends. I think some people don't want to, to share the opportunity with family and friends because they're worried what they'll think, perhaps. But what I did was I kept it very, very casual. And I would just say something like, hey, Sally, oh my goodness, I'm having so much fun doing this. I think you'd be fantastic at it. And you'd have to give them like, a real reason why, because that makes it more authentic. 
So a reason like one of my um, cousins is really bright and bubbly and the life of the party and so confident, I just had a feeling that she would be wonderful at the business. And I had a friend from high school who wasn't larger than life. She was a very quiet soul, but she was so dedicated and so lovely and caring with people. I just thought she would do wonderful customer care and develop really good relationships. Both of those people joined my team, and I had a lot of additional events booked as well on top of people joining my team. I had a couple of cousins join a friend from high school, a couple of friends from uni. So it was a really big surge. You might know um, people connected to you, could be anywhere around the country. Part of the success of the strategy is making sure that you give a genuine reason why you think they'd be good and keep it really casual. It doesn't have to be intense. Just say, hey, I'm having so much fun. I think you'd be great. Have you ever thought about it? No harm in asking, right? And a lot of them, if they say no to the business opportunity, may well go on to book a styling event with you because these are your close connections. They want to support you. They want you to do well. They don't want to let you down. So worst case scenario, you walk away with another event or perhaps some sales. Give it a try. You never know. You might end up with some stylists joining your team as well. Okay, so I had started to recruit a few people into my business. And then I came across this information. 80% of non-routine sales occur only after at least five follow-ups. Now, you might remember that I'd said at the start that I had a bit of an issue with anxiety. <laughs> and I wasn't throwing up before events anymore, but I was still terrified of the telephone. <sighs> Very terrified. I really didn't want to call people back. So I was amongst those 44% of salespeople who give up after one no. So yes, I did have a few people join, but if they said no, I gave up totally. And once I saw these statistics, I figured my strategy of zero follow-up isn't going to give me the long-term sustainable success I want to have a big career in this industry. So 22% give up after two no's, 14% give up after three, 12% give up after four, but it's that top 8%, that dark purple wedge of the pie, that are probably your leaders. They are the ones that have developed that ability to continue their follow-up. Some of the um, team members that I have, I've been following up literally for years. I just keep them in my book, keep asking them if they want to still be informed, and I keep following them up. And they join eventually when the time is right for them. Well, many of them do. So it's not rocket science, is it? If you want to elevate, what have you got to do? Follow up. Follow up, follow up. And that will elevate you to where you really want to be. But remember that anxiety I spoke about? Just knowing that I had to make that change to get onto that part of the pie chart that I knew is where the successful people were, didn't mean that I could just pick up the phone. <laughs> I had to create a reward system for myself to make 
me do the things that were hard. So first of all, I started out giving myself a $2 coin every single time I made a follow-up call. It didn't matter if the call was a yes or a no, and that part is really important. I would put these coins into a jar, and when I had enough, I would take my husband and myself to the gold-class cinemas, which felt very indulgent. It wasn't something that was normally in our budget at the time. So it was a special treat to be able to do that. And then it got to the point where I was enjoying the movies so much that we'd seen every single movie at the cinema. So uh, my husband suggested, OK, maybe you need to move on to something else. So I got myself a jar of jelly beans, and I would eat a jelly bean every single time that I made a follow-up call, until it got to the point where I was worried about my health from all the jelly beans I was eating. So I moved on to gold stars. And oh my goodness, I got so much satisfaction from popping a gold star onto my reward chart. And later on, I discovered why this strategy had been so powerful. It was because of a lovely little chemical in our brains called dopamine, which is the happy hormone. And every time I gave myself a reward, I got this surge of happiness, this little bit of little hit of dopamine. And what that was doing was that it was training my brain for success. And because I gave myself a reward every time I made a follow-up call, and it didn't matter whether it was a yes or a no, I overcame my fear of follow-up. And to this day, it is something that I enjoy doing. So if you find that you need that little extra nudge to get yourself to make those calls, to do that follow-up, the actions in your business that you know will lead to the results, then maybe you could design a little reward system for yourself, for something that inspires and motivates you. Okay, so that's me on a stage similar to this one, not far from this room. And I was team leader, I did it. I made it to my goal of leadership by the exact month that I had set in my self-fulfilling prophecy. And not only that, along the way, I had managed to set a new record for the person who had recruited the most new people into their business within a given month for 17 people. So next year, I'd love to see some really big numbers coming from all of you beautiful ladies. Oh, and gents, I can see a few of you around. So I did it. And you'll never guess which month it was that I gave up eating the jelly beans after. <laughs> I still can't to this day eat a jelly bean. I ate way too many of them. <laughs> Think how many follow-up phone calls it takes to recruit 17 people. That was way too many jelly beans. <laughs> but this business had given me so many gifts already. I had the gift that had overcome my anxiety. I had been given the gift of confidence and self-belief and the, the knowledge that I could achieve a goal if I set it for myself. Have you heard the saying, success breeds success? 
When you know you've achieved something, you know you can achieve something else. And that power builds. Well, how good is Christine Ty Lee? And don't forget, that's only part one of this two-part series. And next time we meet on Inspiring Each Other, that's the place we'll be going. Until then, adios, sayonara, au revoir, huru, and all those other words that mean catch you later.